This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, your other host, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, how are you tonight, my friend? Oh, doing great. Soft uh, snowflakes falling down here still. Things are uh, very wintry here in Michigan. How about yourself? Yeah, um, we had an ice... We, we had freezing rain for eight hours the other night, so the roads are disgusting, the sidewalks are horrible, but, you know, we've had a... As far as maritime winters go, it's been pretty pretty chill pretty i i shouldn't say anything because i'm definitely gonna jinx it but i i can't complain this year my first year back in new brunswick sounds like a good night to sit inside and talk about fantasy hockey yeah and let's get right into it actually before we even start here lewis i'm looking at the game scores this is thursday night of course the show uh coming out friday morning but joe thornton with another multi-point game here he now has six points since coming back to the toronto lineup we talked about him the other night but I just wanted to point out, this is something that our uh, our pal Edward in the Keeping Carlson patron-only Discord groups pointed out. Joe Thornton has eight points in four games against Ottawa, zero points in his other three games. Oh, in eight points in five games, rather, against Ottawa. I mean, he will see Ottawa at least five more times this year, right? So maybe uh, maybe it is still worth adding him to your lineup. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we have such a small sample size against other opponents, which is just kind of a bizarre uh, result of the way that the schedule has worked so far. I don't think we're ready to declare Joe Thornton useless against non-Ottawa opponents, but it's always nice to have Ottawa on your schedule. Uh, and certainly for the Maple Leafs, who are just, you know, making a... Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of my skis here because we know how it turned out last time. But I imagine, at least offensively, they are really having their way with the Sens. Lewis, let's jump right into headlines here. And our first headline: Philadelphia Flyers are back in action following, I guess, about two weeks off due to COVID nineteen. They are a shorthanded squad tonight, missing our Claude Giroux and Jakub Voracek. I believe it's the first game in about ten years where neither of them dressed for Philadelphia in their stead a top line of JVR Couturier and Joel Farabee every other line looking pretty meh tonight you've got Kevin Hayes and Nolan Patrick down the middle which is respectable but their wingers tonight Raffle Obe Kubel Bunneman and Andre's brother David Kasha so uh I guess Alain Vigneault has already said Giroux, Konechny, and Voracek, all the players that are currently or still on the COVID-19 list will be out through the weekend, which includes the big Lake Tahoe game coming up this Sunday. Any thoughts on any of those guys, Lewis? 
you know, I think it'll mean probably big minutes for that top line with JVR and Couture and Faraby. Uh, no one else I'm especially excited with, although, of course, the goal so far has come um, from the Hayes, Raffle, Obey, Kubel line. So, uh, you know, maybe if they're deploying their best defenders against that top line, it'll result in a few more opportunities down the line. But no, nothing super exciting. I think this is, you know... Uh, not much to say with two periods gone only to really base our conjecture off of, um, but certainly something to watch. Uh, and who are they playing anyway? The Rangers, my lovely, terrible Rangers. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that might be a good opportunity for uh, the Rangers, although they've both sides have played a pretty tight game so far, or you might say an <laughs> offensively anemic game so far, uh, 1-1 after two periods. <laughs> You're being very kind. I mean... If we're grading on a curve here, I would say the Rangers have been bad enough that you would expect the Flyers to be able to make some hay, and the Flyers are shorthanded enough that you would think the Rangers would be able to do same. So it makes sense to me. It's about 1-1. One guy I will mention, though, Eric Gustafson on that top unit. I mean, Philadelphia's power play has been pretty brutal for the last, even before they went on their break, but somebody to look out for if you're in a deeper league and desperate for some power play points on the back end. Lewis, let's hop over to the injuries and outchery section of the show. We're going to start first in Washington, where Ilya Samsonov appears to be coming back up to join the big club after a few games down with their AHL affiliate. Samsonov has been out since uh, like mid-January on the COVID-19 protocol. He and Kuznetsov had two of the most harrowing uh, interviews talking about COVID-19 and, and their experiences going through symptoms of the virus. Um, in the meantime, while he was out, uh, Vitek Vanacek started 12 straight games, is in the nets once again tonight. He has struggled of late, a 9.06 on the season, and Laviolette has not yet committed to playing Samsonov this weekend. They do have a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. Are you... Uh, are you bullish enough on Samsonov to say cut ties on Vanacek. I have him in the cupful. Should I be dropping him with the news that Samsonov is coming back? Or where, where's your head on this tandem? Well, it seems pretty clear that Vanacek's going to get at least another game. So I wouldn't be looking at dropping him until uh, until we get through the weekend here. Um, you know, uh, Samsonov has not played, you know, obviously you, you mentioned he's been out since mid-January. Uh, the season started in mid-January, so he has been out for quite a long time. We don't have a great sense uh, of what Samsonov might be able to put together once he's back. Uh, and, you know, we've seen some of these teams missing a bit of a step uh, after their return from COVID. So, no, I think I would hold on to Vanacek if he's valuable to you now at his 906 rate currently. Um, you know, I think he he will remain valuable for you for at least a little while. I think it is going to take Samsonov a little bit of time to get back into the game. That's not based off of anything medical, but just, you know, if I were if I were going to, you know, place a bet on this, I would say uh, that we'll continue to see Vanacek get some run while Samsonov gets his feet under himself. Obviously, that AHL stint should be a good first step. But like you know, like you said, if Laviolette won't commit to playing him this weekend yet, uh, you know, I think he'll probably get one of those games. You know, why not if he's already um, being recalled and he's not just getting a bunch of run um, down on the on the on the smaller team, but. Uh, I would hold on to Vanacek for a while yet and just sort of see how things go uh, in the early goings with Samsonov's return. 
So I have Vanacek in the Cupful, as I mentioned, which is a points league. So you're you're not as dependent on those rate stats in the Cupful, but in a categories league, he's been pretty brutal. I I think that it's pretty safe to cut bait on him in a lot of categories leagues. I may hang on to him in the Cupful just for a weekend start, but as soon as it looks like Samsonov is back in any real capacity, he is straight to the waiver wire. I must say. Uh, Lewis, let's jump over to Minnesota, where an old friend of mine from uh, Manhattan is back. Well, well, he's from Norway. I know him from Manhattan. Matt Zuccarello rejoining the Wild tonight. They have not started their game, but he is on line one with Joel Erickson Eck and Kevin Fiala. Something to watch as we get uh, closer to the uh, as we get through the week here. Uh, also, a New York Ranger injury. Jacob Truba out four plus weeks. I think that might be interesting. If you're a Keandre Miller owner, though Miller is injured tonight, this might open up a spot on power play too. So might be a might be a nice chance for Keandre to get some run. And the last injury I want to mention here, Jaden Schwartz and Colton Pareko out for St. Louis. So far, they're just day-to-day, but something to monitor if you have any of those guys on your roster. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see. Schwartz has kind of been the ride-along on that line with um, Brayden Shen and Jordan Cairo, and now they've had... Uh, Mike Hoffman playing on that line at even strength. I think that's a great opportunity for um, uh, for Shen and Kairu to get a bit a bit of a line mate upgrade. Schwartz hasn't been super impressive or interesting so far yet this fantasy season, so I kind of like them together with Hoffman. Um, you know, I'm a Shen owner, so I wouldn't mind seeing that stick. Uh, you covered everything I would have said about Truba being out for a while with kind of that opportunity opening for Keandre. Um, and as far as Matt Zuccarello goes, you know, excited certainly to have him uh, back and in action, but I would not be moving to do anything uh, on him quite yet. Minnesota has been in a bit of a line blender since making their return. Uh, so, you know, cool to see him there. Wish him all the best, but not very interesting to me fantasy-wise. The Lizard. Right? Isn't that what Paul Fenton said about him? Called oh him my lizard. gosh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Where is this coming from? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was originally I was going to say the Hobbit because that's his nickname among like you know fans of his, but I'm pretty sure Paul Fenton he's the lizard. Anyway, Lewis, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about hot streaks. We'll talk about cold streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Short Shifts, Lewis. We're going to talk about hot streaks, but first, you uh, you mentioned you want to start with the cold streaks tonight. Yeah, let's get the cold streaks out of the way so we can get on to the more exciting stuff here. We're going to start in Columbus, where Yunus Corposalo, uh, who had five wins in his first 12 games, but has only managed one quality start in the last seven, he is down at an 887 save percent, three and a half goals against average. Uh, and Elvis Merzlikens, who you know, I think a lot of us thought would have gotten a, a bit of a run maybe sooner, uh, is starting the game here tonight. He hasn't been a ton better, 
Um, Rizlikens only with two wins, but he has been significantly better, although not great in the save percentage department at a 906. He's got a 43% quality starts percentage, uh, which is only a hair better than what we've seen from Corpusalo. It's really only the save percent that's been significantly higher. It's just kind of been a tough season to be a goalie in Columbus, which isn't something that we've said in a while, uh, is worth noting so far. Uh, that Merz Lickens has so far through two periods posted a shutout against the hapless Nashville Predators, uh, although obviously that is pending change here, you know, in the next uh, in the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, but it does look like uh, it could possibly be an opportunity uh, for Merz Lickens to assert himself as a starter. Might be something to take a look at on your waiver wire if you are hard up for goalies. But like we said, he hasn't been super impressive so far this season. Uh, Merz Lickens is owned in 60% of Yahoo League, so he's probably not lying around for you to come in and scoop him up. But, uh, you know, take a look there. And if you have been patiently sitting on him, you know, maybe now is your chance to see him get a few starts in a row. But I imagine it'll continue to go back and forth. Uh, you got someone for us in Winnipeg, Ben, to talk about on a cold streak. Yeah, well, I think there was a time period where Andrew Kopp was looked at as like the guy who, if you missed out on him, you've missed out on the, you know, the underrated, the sleeper of the year. People were kind of talking about him. And I, I heard this on a, a, a number of podcasts, actually. We've definitely said it. He has a chance to be the Brian Rust of this year, where a guy who was known as a bottom sixer or somebody who could play up the lineup if needed suddenly gets an extra four or five minutes a game and becomes a uh, if not a point per game guy somebody who could put up 65 or more points Um, but over the last few games things have really started to trend downward he's currently on a four game pointless streak though the Jets do play once again or I guess they don't play tonight they play tomorrow night Um, but Andrew Kopp was somebody who I I would I've started to see being dropped and he's among the the highest drops players in Yahoo today but when I looked deeper, I, I kind of don't see what we're seeing is that he was added in too many leagues. He didn't need to be added in 10 team leagues, you know, shallower leagues, but 12 team, 14 team leagues. I think you probably not every team needs to hold on to Andrew Cup, but there are a number of teams that could that could probably upgrade by having Andrew Cup. The reason I say that he's still playing with Shifley and Wheeler and he's on that second power play with Ehlers. In the last game, he played 24 minutes. And he's averaging nearly 20 minutes per game. Those are not numbers that you're going to find just hanging around most waiver wires. So to me, Andrew Kopp, somebody who you can probably stream out and not worry about him getting sniped while he's on a cold streak if you're in a 10 or 12 team league. But I would uh, I haven't lost faith completely in Andrew Kopp. Yeah, that ice team obvious, that ice time obviously, and that even strength deployment is pretty tantalizing. And you did mention that second power play, which has been, uh, you know, functioning pretty well and has some very nice pieces on it. You know, it, it, it the four game pointless streak kind of looks bad compared to the the run that he was on. But really, I think it's just kind of a course correction that shouldn't be too surprising um, based on what we've seen from him up to this point. You know, he was going to have some games where he wasn't going to be, you know, multi pointing for you the way that he had been. Um, and, you know, there is a little bit, you know, more of that ice time available up there in the top six with line a out. And, you know, he's shown himself to be capable of holding on to it. I, I think I'm with you. You know, there is there's some room to maneuver with him if you are in, you know, a, a shallower league where you might not have to worry about him being grabbed. But, yeah, stay the course if you are holding on to him in a in a deeper league. Yeah, I guess the question would be whether Pierre-Luc Dubois coming back from injury will displace him from that top line. But 
I guess we'll see and uh, keep your eye on that. If he if he starts losing minutes, then that's when I would that's when I would panic. Not quite yet. Lewis, who's the next player you have to uh, chat with us about? All right, so we can get to a hot streak here and talk about Max Comtois. Uh, this was uh, a guy who was brought up by Mason uh, in the Discord chat and wanted to hear about him, and I uh, basically am taking my answer that I gave to him and bringing it onto the show here. Um, obviously, uh, pending results tonight, um, but he's been on quite a heater. Four goals on his last 10 shots are making him look really good. Uh, and he's had two shots a game over his more productive last five, uh, which is a nice improvement. Um, a bit of an improvement from his 18 shots over his first 11 games, but not as much of an uptick as I thought it might be with his increased minutes. Uh, during this f- last five games where he's been on his run, he hasn't played under 15 minutes. Um, and, you know, it's it's nice that his line with Ricard Raquel and this guy Isaac Lundestrom is driving play. Uh, but overall, not really a guy that I'd be willing to do more than stream for right now. This may be some Anaheim bias creeping through, but I think until Raquel figures out his shooting woes, you know, I just don't think that Max Comtois is going to be able to keep carrying offense on this line, and especially on that second power play, uh, which is a bit of a ghost town. Yeah, I mean, you don't want the guy on the second power play in uh, in Anaheim. That It actually made me sad to think about, like, if you're we've seen a few and actually this is my favorite thing if you follow us on twitter please send us like the struggle screenshots of people trying to get in on like anaheim second power play or you know we had a lot of people sending us when the backup backup in detroit went in pickard calvin pickard elon's favorite goaltender when uh when pickard went into a game we were we were looking for screenshots of calvin pickard i love seeing people going after the struggle players so I think Max Comtois is clearly above that that grade. He's I I actually kind of like him in in deeper banger leagues. I, he's he's owned in a, a few of the leagues that I'm in, and I don't see him as an an obvious drop, especially while he's on the heater. But definitely, you're waiting on Raquel to start scoring. I, I get that, but I think he will start to figure it out. And I think that Comtois is going to be useful in. I think he's going to be useful in deeper in and banger leagues this year. Right on. All right. Uh, so tell us about another guy who's on a hot streak here in Long Island. Sure. Uh, this is a player we were going to talk about the other night and ended up running out of time. And then he went on to score another goal and got in another assist that night. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, a player who was always a bottom six kind of afterthought in fantasy until last year when he went on a shooting heater uh, for the Sens. And Pajot is now has now scored five goals in his last four games played. He does not have a point tonight, I guess. So I should say five goals in his last five games, unless he he scores here in the third. He also has an assist to add to that. In that time period, also 15 shots over that four-game span. He is getting line three power play two time, but just like Comtois, you know, that's not very exciting sounding. Oh, he's on power play two with the Islanders, but... He never really got power play time until last year in Ottawa, and he's shown that he can be this 50-plus point guy, like 55, 55 with the heater, right? Like shooting 20% or whatever it was last year. I don't think that that's the guy that he's going to be. He's not going to score five goals on every 15 shots, that's for sure. But I think in, in bangers leagues, he's getting you hits, he's shooting a ton, He's playing on a good team, and he's such a defensive player. He's going to be in on a couple of empty net goals. 
I don't have a problem with Jean-Gabriel Peugeot in a lot of leagues. I just wouldn't go streaming him in if I'm, you know, looking for points and there's anyone who's like line one, power play one to choose from instead. Right. He's obviously making the most of his very limited opportunities, but if you can get someone who is just going to naturally be in a much better uh, deployment position, I think that the odds are going to be more in your favor than hoping for uh, Peugeot to continue to totally defy his odds in terms of you know what is naturally available to him. 100%, bud. All right, well, let's uh, talk about a defenseman that we were high on uh, in the offseason and has kind of... Uh, been a little disappointing i think for his owners but is on a nice streak now and that's josh morrissey in winnipeg uh after only getting two points in nine games morrissey has been on a bit of a hot run here with five assists in the last four he hasn't really seen much of a change in terms of his deployment he's pretty much been solidified on that top power play since line a uh was out uh, and obviously since he was dealt uh, but his team is just converting for him a little more frequently. Uh, despite the recent run, he's still got the lowest on-ice shooting percentage of his career. Uh, so that may indicate that the new rate is a little bit of a regression to the mean. One thing that does have me a bit worried uh, is that he's got a career high in his secondary uh, assist percentage. So uh, two-thirds of his points are coming on secondary assists, and we know that those tend to be a little more random. Uh, so that is a little bit concerning. Uh, another area that I thought was really interesting, and I don't know how fantasy relevant this is necessarily for our season, but he had a 92% power play IPP last year. Uh, so just everything was moving through him on the power play. It may not be so shocking that his power play production has fallen a bit here in 2021, just because it was going to be really hard to match uh, his achievement from last year. Still, there may be some room to grow in terms of getting to participate a bit more in uh, some of that power play scoring. Yeah, I think it makes more sense, though, for for him to have been in, like, obviously not 92% of the goals, but on power play two in Winnipeg, it makes sense that he would get more touches than he would on power play one this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, you're, you're talking about the secondary assist rate, though, it's only 67. I mean, it's not, he was, he's been at 64 and 63 before, so that doesn't really scare me too much. It's, um, it's really just that he has gone long stretches without really factoring in strongly on the power play that that I do not like. Like, he just doesn't seem to be somebody who's going to get a ton of touches or a ton of power play points. So he's somebody who, if I have him and I, I can shop him in a deeper league, I would be happy to move him for maybe somebody who can fill a, a few back-end categories instead or a more reliable point producer. Because to me, he kind of just looks like Nick Letty all those years in uh, in Long Island as the, the power play one guy a few years back. So funny you should mention Long Island because I sort of think of, of Morrissey, this little streak that he's on being very similar to what we saw with Bullock, where we have a couple kind of 40-ish point defenders uh, who, you know, just happen to have their run of games without scoring kind of all in a row. And now we're getting their games uh, where they're scoring together all in a row. Kind of just standard defenseman stuff, like we said with Pulak uh, previously. But nice to see him get off the schneid a little bit and start to be productive because you do start to worry a little bit when you're on those long stretches and they're just not really seeming to break through. Absolutely. Lewis, that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, for myself, Ben Burnett, thank you so much for listening. Why don't you send us out of here, buddy? 
All right. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Please give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't already, at ShortShiftsKK. Brian and Elon, of course, are at Keeping Carlson. You can follow Dave Bettner's stream scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Uh, please visit all the great sites we use to research our episodes. Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural Stat Trick, and Kakupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. <laughs>